0: Amen man, how do you guys love having those beautifully read scriptures and uh, you know you could actually listen to these all the time we 're creating a playlist for you for us as a church, and so you can find each of these videos we 've created. Um, Find them on our Joy Facebook page or Instagram. And uh, there are various people from the church that are reading scripture. And so, man, that's a good way. Drive to work and just have beautiful music and uh, the word of the Lord read over your life. Amen. Well, man, we're so glad if you're here for the first time at Joy Church, welcome. We are really glad you're here, and, uh, you know, we're just a big family. We want you to know that there is space for you, there's room for you, and we would love to get to know you. And so, uh, today we're going to dive into to God's Word, and we're continuing a series uh, called A Playlist for Life, A Journey Through the Song of sense And specifically, we're looking at Psalms uh, 120 through 134. And so, you can be reading through those over the next few weeks. And um, we're looking at, these were songs that were sung by the people of God as they would go um, and journey back into Jerusalem for festivals. And so, they would be singing these songs of praise. And they, they were songs that um, really showed the, the real emotions that we all face. You know, we serve a God who created us with real emotions, and and that He is with us through the journey of life, and sometimes there's songs of great rejoicing, and sometimes there's songs uh, that express our, our great need for God, songs of distress. God can handle whatever song is in your heart right now, amen? And so we're gonna read Psalms 126 once again. You heard it on, uh, on that video, but we're gonna read it. Psalms 126 says, When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter, and we sang for joy. And the other nations said, What amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. Come on. Let's pray this morning and we'll dive in. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is powerful, that it transforms our life. And Father, I pray that wherever any of us are on in our journey, I pray that you would meet us this morning. That God, we'd come with a a spirit of faith and God, we're here to meet with you. We pray distractions would be put aside, and we ask that you would help us to not just be hearers of this word, but to be doers of it. Lord, if there's anyone that doesn't know you this morning, Lord, may they come to encounter you and know you in a real way. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. We got any music fans in the house? Any, any music, radio musicians? You know how to turn that knob, and you got your favorite stations. You know... Um, some of you, I know, you, you had record players. Any record? Anyone still currently have one? Awesome. Uh, you know, it's kind of become trendy again, so if you're young and you have records, you, you're a poser. You're fake, but there's the real. And, and then there was like eight tracks. I grew up in the era of the cassette tape, and uh, come on, any cassette tape? Millennials in the house. And uh, my older brother Jake and I—we love music. Actually, all my my siblings do. Our whole family. But my brother Jake and I—we used to make mixtapes. And yeah, and uh, we would we'd put together like some really hopping music, like Michael W. Smith. Uh, you know, some of that good stuff. Um, And we'd make mixtapes. If you remember, you had like side A, side B, and you flipped the cassette, and you had to rewind the cassette tape and all of that. And so we'd make mixtapes, and then this beautiful moment in life happened. It was called, it was the invention of the uh, compact disc, also known as CD. And so CDs came out, and, and so then we started being able to actually put our music onto a CD. So we made like mix. CDs and then, then the CD kind of had an evolution. It grew to having uh, where you could do MP3s on your CDs. And so you could add like 30 songs, not just 12 songs, onto your, your CD. And so we had some sweet mixtapes, or sorry, mixed CDs. And then the Lord smiled upon us and caused the invention of the iPod any right and this was where you could show off to the world that you uh were a true music lover because you could have a thousand songs on one device and you put music on there you didn't even like Just you could be like i have 747 songs i only like seven of them but but i put my dad's music on there and <laughs> and and then we're going somewhere i promise you uh this was a great day in history, the day that Spotify came out. Come on. And some of you guys are like, spot what? Um... Spotify, like everything is on Spotify Music, and you can make playlists. And I am a playlist junkie. I have a playlist for every mood in life. Like I love playlists. I got my workout playlist. I got my flying 2019 playlist. I got my flying 2018, because you might wanna to listen to music from 2018 when you're in 2019, you gotta keep the playlist. I got my Christmas playlist. I've got my chill study music playlist. I've got new worship songs playlist. I got. A playlist for everything. I love Spotify. I love creating playlists. And uh, you know, when we read in the book of Psalms, we actually see that the children of Israel, the people of God, they actually had a playlist. And they had these songs that they would sing as they came into Israel, and they were songs that fit different Seasons of life. They were different emotions being expressed. They were telling a a, a story of the faithfulness of God. They were telling a story of the beauty of returning to the house of God. They were they they, they were songs for a season. They were songs for specific moments. And one of the songs we see that God wants for you and I to have in our playlist for life is a song of victory. A song of victory. We serve a God who is victorious. We serve a God who causes us to be the head and not the tail, to be conquerors and not defeated. And there's a song of victory that God wants his people to have. You know, one of the things that when we see and we look at the Bible is that we see um, there's a pattern for victory that the people of God had. There was this pattern of victory, and the the pattern of victory looked like this in this pattern we see, is it was the pattern where we see that God would send the worshipers first. In fact, there was a specific tribe in the people of God, and they were called the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah. And the name Judah means praised, or let him be praised. And so it was a theme of the Bible that the the, the people of God, they were to send praise first. Send Judah. Where's Judah? Like, we need the praisers. We need to send praise before the army. We need to send praise before the combat. And so you would see, uh, I'll give you, before I get ahead of myself, we'll read the word in Judges 1.1. It says that after the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, which tribe should go first to attack the Canaanites? And the Lord answered, "'Judah, for I have given them victory over the land.'" In Judges 20, it says, before the battle, the Israelites, they went to Bethel, and they again asked God, "'What tribe should go first to attack the people of Benjamin?' And the Lord answered, "'Judah is to go first.'" And in Numbers 2, 9, it's talking of counting up the tribes. And it says, so the total of Judah's side of the camp was 186,400. And it says, these three tribes, Judah being one of them, are to lead the way whenever the Israelites travel to a new campsite. And then we come to this moment, and the people of Judah, they're facing multiple armies. They're facing sure attack and defeat. And the king of Judah, he, he comes to this moment, and he, he cries out to God, like, we're going to be defeated. What do we do? And the prophet comes, and the prophet tells him, you need to send out the praisers first. Now, I don't know if you've, I'm a musician, and when I got up here, I don't think you were like, she's a super athlete. And so I can, I can, uh, poke fun at my fellow musicians, when you see the worship team, you don't think security team. You know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't come up, you're like, thanks the Lord, they got the buffest, the story. Now, they're a good-looking team today, right? They were just great. But most of the time, when you go see a concert and a show, it's usually like, like, it's not bodybuilders oftentimes, God says, like when we're looking at what is the formula of victory, like what is the strategy for victory? And God gives the people of God one strategy. So if you're here to take notes and you're like, okay, so strategy one is praise, strategy two is no, there is there was one strategy. There was one formula for victory that we see. A key formula, one of the main things was praise. Is that what God would say, all right, you want to know how we're going to defeat this enemy? Send Judah. Where's Judah? Send praise. Sing your way to victory. Begin to declare the greatness of the God you serve, and your enemies will scatter. Your enemies will fall. Your enemies will be defeated. So we come to this moment in 2 Chronicles, and it says, After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord, his faithful love endures forever. Right? That does not sound like an epic winning strategy. But listen to what the word of the Lord says. As they sang, it says, at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, of Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Like the victory happened. There is a formula, there is a strategy that God designed for his people, and it's called send Judah, send the praisers. Begin to sing before you see the victory. Begin to look to the God of the people, the uh, the living God. Look to Yahweh, look to the Lord, and as you lift your eyes to him, and as you begin to sing to him, the victory will happen. Here's the reality, that was not just something for then and what about now? The same cry and the same mandate is for you and I to send Judah first, to send praise first. Here's the the reality is that to have a song of victory means you have to have a battle to face. So I have fantastic news for you today. If you're facing something too big for yourself, If you're facing an impossibility, if you're facing a situation that you have no clue how you are going to overcome, you are in perfect position for God to move, for God to show up. To send Judah first, to begin to sing a song, because the song of victory is born in the people of God as they face the battle. It's not after the battle. It's not only in the battle, but when you're looking head on at the battle, that's when you begin to tune up the song of victory. When you're looking in the face of the enemy, that's when you begin to sing a song of praise, glorifying God. This reality is this is that sometimes you got to look backwards to look forward. So Psalms 126, we see the people of God and, and we see kind of this picture because as you look at Psalms 126, we see that like the people of God are singing about when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem. They're talking about the, the wonder of a time in their life when God brought them into his house, into Jerusalem. And they're they're, they're talking about this moment, but then when you get into the middle of Psalms 126, it says, um, and, and they'd been talking about what amazing things, and the people noted this, the amazingness of God. But then it says, restore our fortunes, Lord. And we actually find that Psalms 126 is a people who are talking about God's faithfulness in the past, but they currently are not seeing that same victory they once had. And so we see a people that have seen God move, have seen God do amazing things, and it was a beautiful thing, and they're rejoicing in that, but then they pause and they're saying, God, but as we look back and we celebrate your faithfulness then, we're asking you as we look forward to restore to us once again that victory. We're asking you to move again, once again in our life. And here's the thing, sometimes when you're in the face of a battle, when you're in the face of an impossibility, we oftentimes want to stare at the impossibility, but God invites us to turn around, to look at his past faithfulness, to rehearse when he delivered us from bondage, when he set us free, when when he brought us from death to life, and as we look backwards at his faithfulness, it fuels our faith to look forward and say, do it again, God. that's what the people of God saying as they came in to Jerusalem, they're saying, you've done it before, would you do it again? God, you've been faithful in the past, would you do it again? You know, something that is so powerful for you as parents, really any of us, and whether you're parents or single, married, wherever you fall, it is vital that we never stop talking about God's faithfulness in the past. You know, something I love about my parents is that they have throughout all of my brothers in my life constantly talked about the miraculous God moments in their life. If you ask any one of us kids, could you tell the the miracles of how they came to Medford with only $500 and they went and bought a a bag of beans and a bag of rice and and, and some oil to heat the house and and yet God sustained them and they got to eat, bless the Lord, more than just beans and rice and and God provided for them. And you know what we've heard? I've heard probably a hundred times conservatively, I would think, the story of how God got us in this building and how God provided it. and and, and I've heard the faithfulness of God and how he brought them together and I've heard the faithfulness of God to provide for them in the most dark situations and I'll tell you what, it's not because they forgot and thought they never told us the story. It's because they were building in their children a spirit of faith. They were beginning to send Judah first in our family, and they were going in and beginning to remind us, hey kids, guess what? We're up against this giant, and we're up against this impossibility. You remember what God did for us in this time? You weren't even born, but God was faithful here, and you know what it did? It began to stir in us a heart that we even look back at the miracles of our parents and say, God, you were faithful to them. I know you're going to be faithful to us in this season. Listen, never stop. Stop talking to the people around you, to your children, about the faithfulness of God. About the goodness of God. Come on, your kids will go, I know this story. And you say, you're going to hear it again. Oh, I can't wait for Wesley. He's like, no, mom. Oh, you're going to hear it again. Listen to how I met your father. Here's your homework. What has God done in your life? What has God done? Who was the last person you told? Yeah, I love Ryan. Ryan's in the back doing sound, and God raised him from the dead, like miraculously. I'll tell you what, you can't get around Ryan and he doesn't weave in the faithfulness of God and the testimony of what God did. I was in Mexico, he's talking about it. Here, he's talking about it. everywhere you get around right, he's just telling the story. This is what God did, this is what God did, this is what God did, this is what God did. It's fueling faith. Because sometimes you got to look backwards to look forward. And you begin to sing the faithfulness of God. See, the people of God, they were singing God's faithfulness in the past over what they were believing for the future. And they're like, hey, it was like a dream when we came in. Do it again, God. Come on, what has He done in the past that you're believing for? In the future. Yes, okay? Listen, the song of victory for the people of God always begins before the victory. You see it time and time again. You see it as Paul and Silas are chained and they have been beaten and whipped. And as they're in this prison, they don't know how God's gonna bring the victory. But they begin to tune up at midnight, and they begin to sing a song of of praise and victory before they ever saw the victory. Because you send Judah first. You send praise first. You you think about David, this 17-year-old kid who who runs into the face of the giant, and he says, oh, the battle's not yours, it's the Lord's. He probably rapped it, because he was a musician. So I just imagine, like, the battle's not yours, it's the Lord's, you know? Because he had like his slingshot too, and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just imagine it. Listen, David runs into the battle declaring the victory before he ever saw it. Because in the kingdom of God, we're the only, like, we're the only team that's singing before we ever hit the field. We're like, woo, we got, we got you. We got that's so annoying. Like, you hate those teams that do that. We are that team. We're those people. Who are like, the battle's not mine, it's the Lord. They're like, that's all you got. You're like, yeah. And this, it's really powerful. Because the song of victory, listen, some of you, you're waiting for the victory before you start singing. And it's time to start singing right now. Because the victory's already in motion. The miracle's already in motion. The faithfulness of God, because he's been there, and he's going to do it again as the band comes. Listen. God rots or he, he brings forth victory through the struggle and he brings beauty from the ashes. You see this laced through that God, he, he, he wrought victory through the struggle and he brings beauty from the ashes. Listen, some of you came in this room and, and and you're like, I'm right in the middle of the battle, and I'm bruised. I got tears coming down, and I've cried so much, they're just stains of tears. And I got some, like, ashes. I don't see anything beautiful. But the way God works is he is the God who turns the weeping that endures through the night, and he brings joy in the morning. He's a God who though you sow in, in tears and, and though you sow in sorrow, He brings forth beauty and He brings forth victory and, and He takes our ashes and He brings something beautiful out of it. It says in Psalms 126 that those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. And they weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with their harvest. It says in in, in Isaiah 35 that those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear and they will be filled with joy and with gladness. Isaiah 61 3 says, to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. I don't know, there's something about, I think there's even a beauty in the song before we see the victory, because there's something about in the middle of the battle knowing that what right now the enemy has intended to destroy me and take me out is just a platform for the testimony of God's faithfulness, that even though there might be tears in this moment, and I don't see how God's going to turn this for good, I know that my God causes all things to work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. I don't know how these tears can turn into laughter and joy, but I know my God is the God who takes the weeping and causes it to turn into joyous rejoicing. That's who he is. And you might find yourself in the middle of the battle and you feel like the end of the story is the weeping. You feel like the end of the story is the ashes. But I'm here to hopefully just be a a spark of faith. A reminder to let you know that it's in the middle of the battle that God begins to turn something and he begins to bring beauty out of that which looked dead and broken and lost. He brings life and hope into that hopeless situation. So this morning, church, as we get ready to close, I want to invite you to listen to the song of the lion. And I'm not talking about the lion king. I want you to listen to the song of the lion. It says about Jesus in the book of Revelation that he is the lion of the tribe of Judah and we find Jesus on the eve of him going to the cross and that night before he would be taken and brutally beaten and whipped put on a cross to take our sin and shame on the the night before he celebrated Passover with his disciples and he would begin in in, in Matthew 26 we see that, that as he he was celebrating Passover with his disciples, that he was uh, taking the cup and, 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 and eating the bread, and he was letting them know, like, all of these things of Passover, they actually point to me, like, I am the Passover lamb, and so whenever you, you drink the cup, uh, remember uh, that it was my blood that was shed for you. And whenever you eat the bread, remember. And it says this, so he's eating this meal, and he's talking, he's right about to face the cross, and the Bible says in Matthew 26... Verse 30, that all of a sudden it says, then they sang a hymn, and they went out to the Mount of Olives. You say, what was Jesus doing before he went to the cross? He was singing. He was singing. What was the Lion of Judah doing before he would go and brought the greatest victory that we will ever and have ever seen? What was he doing? He was singing. Judah was going first. Praise was going first before the victory. You see, they would sing in this Passover meals, they, they would sing Psalms 113 to Psalms 118. You can read them later. And this meal would last hours. And so in the first part of the meal, they would sing Psalms 113 in a few chapters. And then they would talk and they would celebrate this meal and then they would end the night with a few chapters and they would sing Psalms 118 and some of the last words that Jesus would sing before he would then face the cross. He would sing these words from Psalms 118. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. you got to listen to the song of the lion, because on the face, it wasn't after Jesus rose from the dead. It wasn't after he faced the cross. But before he faced the cross and resurrection, before he he won the victory for us, he he was singing. He was singing. He was singing praise was leading the way he was declaring this is the day that I have made this is the day that that, that I it was all about the day that the lion of the tribe of Judah would be slain as the lamb and he would rise again as the roaring lion He would be the sacrifice that took our sin, and he would rise up singing a song of victory. And his people, come on, as you listen to the lion sing, he's calling you and I to continue to sing his song, to continue to lead the way with praise, to continue to go into life declaring the victory because he has already wrought the victory. He's already made a way. If you would bow your head and close your eyes, You know all over this room, and every single week, people come to this place looking for life and um, looking for a relationship with God and I want you to know if you came to this place and you 're looking for life, you came to the right place because God is here and he invites you into a relationship with him. He invites you in to be his son and his daughter. the Bible says and the book of Romans, that if you just believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. You can't earn it. The beautiful thing is that we don't win this victory for ourselves. We just grab hold of the victory that Jesus won for us. And so if you came to this place and you say, Natalie, I need Jesus to save me. I need him to give me a brand new life. And I put my trust in him. If you came to this place looking for life, just lift your hand wherever you are in this room right now. Just lift your hand and say, man, I I want Jesus to save me. Come on, wherever you are in this room, you say, man, I need to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender. Awesome. I see that hand. Come on. If you're here this morning, you say, man, I need Jesus to save me. I need him to give me a brand new life. Come on, I believe there's people all over this room. You're just lifting your hand saying, Jesus, here I am. It's awesome. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else want to give space and time that you're saying, man, I want to surrender my life to Jesus and receive His life, His victory in Jesus. Awesome. Come on, can we just give a hand for the hands that are raised, people in this room, giving their life to Jesus. Church, we're just going to pray this simple prayer together. together. Just say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you, that in you alone, I find life. I find freedom. If you wash away my sins, make me new from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just give the Lord a praise?